Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, you'll hear a different woman share her story of God's transforming love. These stories are recorded in a live setting at weekly local gatherings, where we're aiming to build community through sharing, connecting, and encouraging one another. Most importantly, these stories reveal the faithfulness of God and how He can take what's ordinary and broken and exchange it for extraordinary and redeemed. When we're going through the routines of daily life, we forget that one moment can suddenly shift and shape our entire future. Today's storyteller, Holly, experienced a defining moment just like this at the age of 16. As she was driving home one day, a child ran in front of her car. And Holly shares the challenges of walking through such a traumatic incident as a teen and how what she had come to believe about God helped her regain confidence, find her identity outside of that accident, and then experience the depth of his love as the story continues to unfold even today. Here's Holly. I'm a nervous wreck, if if you're wondering, I am, and I laugh because everybody's like, Holly, like, you like to talk, like, you love people, like, you'll be great, and I'm like, that is not public speaking when I sit in my front yard and talk to you about the kids or the dogs, like, that is, I don't have dogs, but other people's dogs, (laughs) but everybody knows I don't have dogs in this room, but um, anyway, so, like, that's totally different, so here I am, and I'm just trusting God for this morning and that his story would just run straight through me, so, um, and I, like, I laugh because I've cried so much over the last month, I was like, there's no way I'm going to even bring tears here they're already coming but um and I haven't even said anything yet so that's good um I did walk in this morning though I totally have to tell you all this and Robin was like hey Holly you got something on your face and I was like oh no that's what you call 35 year old acne that's what that is but thank you for calling it out right before I'm supposed to speak to a bunch of women your confidence booster for sure and she is in all aspects of my life except for in that moment I was like really like that's what you had to say first to me but whatever it was fine she didn't and then she tried to play it off and did a horrible job and it was fine it was good so here we are, right? Here we are. Um, good icebreaker for the morning, right? Um, okay, so I guess with that said, like Robin mentioned, the fact that she had mentioned before about me speaking, and I said, uh, it's, I gave her a bunch of excuses about maybe why I wasn't qualified or wasn't ready and all these things, and then told her I'd pray about it. I said, hey, you need to call Paige. The rest is history. Paige told her story. It's a shameless plug for um, Paige Hedrick. <laughs> listen to her story it's awesome and so um anyway with that said I was over here still praying about it and um she never called back so I was like oh well there's my answer good she obviously I was not the one so that's good we're moving on um and then January I'm actually sitting at lunch with Lacey who's in the room at my house and I don't even know she knows this but I just got a text from her saying heads up storytellers I want to talk and I was like what gosh and I put it down Lacey was like what and I was like oh nothing it's fine whatever no big deal um and so I called her back and just I guess talked through once again like um you know reasons why I shouldn't share there you are and should share and all those things and um just took a couple days to pray about it and um it's funny I feel like I had these like little things I was like hey well if this happens then in the next two days then I'm supposed to share my story and then finally I think the Lord turned me back and was like no I think that now's the time my story you'll you will see it the um all of it has not unfolded 
And so, like, I feel like sometimes we want these, like, these perfect little situations. Like, it needs the perfect story per- needs to be perfect before I can speak on it and all the areas of that. And in this case, I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like the Lord is calling me to walk in obedience and to share the story where it is right now. Um, knowing that there's a lot more to be unfolded, but just for right now, just to speak of his goodness and his faithfulness in my life. Um, so anyway, I sit here today and, um, I'm totally unqualified to speak as several of y'all know about me. I'm a hot mess. Um, I'm just a such, I'm such a sinner. Like I walk in my flesh every day and I'm in desperate need of a savior. And so I just sit here just completely unqualified, but I do sit here qualified to tell you about how great our God is and how good he is and how um, great is his faithfulness and how much he loves all of us more than we can hope or imagine. So just, I don't know why I'm crying, but here we are. I, I did get to bed at 1.30 and I woke up at 5, so that might be half of it, but <laughs> here we are. Um, okay, so I came to know Jesus at a young age. I was actually um, baptized by my precious grandfather, but I have to tell you all that um, I remember the years after that and at every little children's camp or anything we did, every time they had an altar call, like I was raising my hand, like I was rededicating my life, like I was doing it, everyone, you know, for different reasons, for sin or that I needed insurance and all those things. And I laughed because I was in, I remember being um, at Chase Mountain Baptist and we had Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. If any of y'all are Baptists, I know y'all been to something like that, a judgment house, right? It's real intense. They really try to, I mean, put the fear in you, I feel like, to, you know, making you want to go to heaven. So you had this glorious situation of heaven and this horrible situation of hell. And I remember, like, being on the pew, and I praise the Lord, I didn't walk up this time, but I just sat there in my pew, and I was, like, crying. I was like, Jesus, I do not want to go to hell. Like, I do not want to burn in hell. I want to be in heaven with you. And um, I feel like, honestly, through that, it was like, okay, like, this is it. Like, I'm, like, I like God secured my salvation in that moment. Of course, it's by faith you have been saved, guys. You don't have to raise your hand to all those things. It's that one time, obviously. And so, um, but I just, that's funny story. I feel like me remembering that through Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, Lord, just really secured my foundation of my faith. Um, anyway, so I grew up in Vestavia for a majority of my life. I did live in Silicaga for two years of my life. If you all know where Silicaga is, great place, apparently. Um, didn't live there for too long. But then I grew up um, with my two precious sisters here right here that I'm incredibly thankful for. And my sweet mom and dad who just, um, they love Jesus. They've always loved Jesus. And we come from a long line of just um, just faith. And I think about my mom's mom and um, my mom's dad and just y'all. The only thing I can tell you about them is Jesus. Like, they walked and breathed and lived Jesus. My um, my grandmother went to heaven, and she was at Town Village, y'all, and she was she was doing Bible studies. She was like, she was having altar calls for people. I mean, she God was putting people on her heart, and she was seeking after them to make ensure that they knew the Lord. So, just a strong um, Christian foundation in my household and my family, and I'm so thankful for that. I, um, I graduated from Vestavia, and I went on to Auburn, where I met my precious husband, Jay, um, going into my senior year at Auburn. And just a quick thing about Jay. Jay's such a gift, as you can imagine, of course, being my husband. But just, um, he's just precious. Like, I laugh because I feel like a lot of men, like, are like, oh, outpunning my coverage. Well, that's what I can say about Jay is that I totally outpunned my coverage. Because anybody that knows him knows that, like, I don't deserve him. Like, he is just the sweetest, most kind um, man. And I just feel like that I have a glimpse of the Father's love because of the way he loves me and my kids. And that's just, like, that's just such an extraordinary gift to me. And I am so thankful for it. <laughs> 
though I might take it for granted sometimes, I love to honor him this moment and just how wonderful he is. Um, and then we have four kiddos. We have Lawson, who is seven and a half, um, Bradford, who's five and a half, and Stafford, who is four, and then Mary Reddick, that is um, this two. I have too many kids, and their like, names are entirely too long, so I'm trying to keep track of who's what. Um, but so we got busy with it there for a little bit, and I had a lot of kids all at once, but it, um, it's super fun. I feel like Mary Reddick, the baby, is about to be three, and so I feel like my head kind of is a little bit of water, but I laugh because all my sweet friends got older kids that are just they're like, just wait, it's going to, you know, it only gets harder, but I'm just going to enjoy this. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the moment of having like a little bit of like, I feel like a little bit more physical stamina here with my three-year-old being the eight, about to be a three-year-old. So, um, I guess I, so I was, I guess what you say, um, a normal high schooler, if, if you can call your a normal high schooler normal, but, um, I, I laugh cause I like barely survived high school. I survived on bonus work and, um, homework and perfect attendance. It was not on my test scores. That's for sure. I don't know how I graduated high school for that matter, but, um, I'd, yeah, I just, just grew up at Vestavia, loved it. I did cheerleading. Um, I babysat all the time for this sweet family back here that I love so much. Um, I kept getting C's in Spanish, and I kept getting grounded by my mother and my father, so therefore I got to babysit. So that's a gift that I got to be with them so much. And they paid extraordinarily well, so it all worked out for me, right? Um, they're awesome. And... Um, anyway, I just, yeah, just grew up in high school, just, um, just normal, if you will, and... Um, I guess, like I had mentioned, I enjoyed cheerleading. So there was a place out in Trustful, um, Barbara Woods. I don't know if any of y'all ever went to her, but just like worked on tumbling. Hey, Melissa, I just like you. Anyway. Um, but was, uh, anyway, worked on tumbling out there in Trustful. So I was coming back um, from Trustful one day, like coming um, up. 280 headed towards Homewood and I was there at that light taking left on Dolly Ridge for those of y'all from Vestavia are probably familiar and so I, um, I was taking a left um, off of 280 onto Dolly Ridge and I was just driving along and then all of a sudden a body hit my car what, what I now know was a little girl a 12 year old little girl hit the front of my car um, I, of course, in that moment, slammed on the brakes, and she flew off of my car. And I just remember just pulling over the side of the road. And, you know, it was so long ago. Like, it was almost 20 years ago, y'all. So there's, like, a lot of things I don't remember. But there's some things that I'll never forget, as you can imagine, like the viv- like the vivid picture of that little girl hitting my windshield. Um, and in that moment, pulling off to the side of the road, I had my hands on the wheel, and I remember putting the car in park, turning down my radio, and being like, this is a dream. And quickly, I realized it was not a dream, and um, I, of course, turned off my car, got in my car, ran over the best I could to this little girl, and I never, I did not see her face. I just saw a body laying on the ground. Hair was everywhere, and I just remember seeing her laying on the ground, and y'all, I think to realize, like, in that moment of realizing that, like, something that, like, you you never would have dreamed that would have happened to you or, like, the things that you, crazy things you hear about or tragedies you hear about, they never happened to you. And I just feel like in that moment, I just couldn't even believe that this is real life. And so, um, like I said, there's a lot of haziness in this, this story. I'm just telling you the things that I truly remember. And, um <clears throat> remember that day that I guess a lady came out and came by my side and then there was um a couple that apparently came out um 
and took care of the little girl with other people around them. Um, so that was kind of like the accident, the scene of the accident and the real portion that I remember. I got back home. I don't know how I got home. I remember we couldn't get in touch with mom and dad for a little bit. It was back in the day when you didn't have cold waiting, I guess, and they couldn't get in touch. So I remember that. But I got we I got back home and um and I remember the things that I remember about that evening were the insurance. So you got a call and they want to ask you all these questions about an accident. So you I remember telling them about that. I remember sitting in a, a certain chair in our den and talking it back there with them. And I remember my sweet um, high school friends that just came and just loved on me. And I remember sitting out in front of my house and in their car and just crying and not knowing. I mean, like, I don't, yeah, just trying to process it. Like the fact that it was no longer a dream. I mean, it was, it was never a dream and it was real life. And then my sweet little friends who just sat there with me and cried. And like, I know they didn't know what to say to their 16 year old friend who just hit a sweet little child. So, um, that's what I remember that night from that, earlier in the night and I remember um that night and honestly I remember nights after that just crying myself to sleep like just crying out I mean I am thankful for the Lord like I knew I knew the Lord he's always has a presence in my life and I remember crying out to the Lord and just saying why I remember like literally a tear-stained pillow from like I can vividly remember exactly where my bed was and facing right in front of this window and just I can remember all the pieces of those tears um and just I vividly remember, you know, like I said, definitely a few nights of just crying out to the Lord and asking why um, and just trying to process it, um, knowing exactly the Lord was there because I was crying out to him, being asking him questions. I knew that he was there um, all along. And just in that 16-year-old um, state, I think it was hard for me, obviously, <laughs> to see the good in, right there in that moment. So um, I think about... Um, the days after, and I was 16, so, you know, like, there were 16-year-olds, like, people say who knows what, um, whether it's true or not, and I remember going back to school and saying, once again, like, an a, there, I guess we had AOL chat rooms back there, right, like, who was even chatting about anything good in those, anyway, but I remember, Katie, I'm sure you were, um, and, uh, but, um, and that the chat rooms, like, they had said that, um, Tissue, do you mind? Do you have some? It's it. We're fine. If not, um, um, but anyway, thank you. Oh, I should have known you, Adam. I love it. Thank you. Um, anyway, the chat rooms. Thank you, friend. That um, they had somebody had said that I that the little girl had died and that I was being charged with manslaughter and just hard. Like I don't even know. I don't even know what manslaughter means. I just remember that word from high school. I just always plays in my mind that they had um that they'd come to the conclusion that she had died and that I was being charged with um different things and I just remember that the word manslaughter and so as you can imagine that was hard and hurtful and she um had not died thank the lord um I remember and I don't know if it, I th- it was definitely several months out and I don't remember we were I was in the truck with a friend and a guy and we were in the Vestavia Hills High School parking lot and we were driving his truck I can only assume I mean we weren't it was broad daylight we were I mean I think it was um a five speed or something I can only imagine like a stick shift we were learning or something like that and so I remember that it was my turn to drive and I got up there and so I was it's my turn to drive and he he looked at me and he goes hey Holly make sure you look and make sure there's no kids behind you and so I remember that just being a time in my life where it was like it's so crazy that like I have these vivid memories but like the fact that like that scarlet letter was me like I was no longer Holly I was a Holly who hit a little girl and like that that was my new like t- 
title or label, if you will, or um, all those things, that label, I guess, could you say? So I just remember a lot of heart in that, just trying to get, I just so badly was, um, I remember just wanting to be out from under that label so much. And even into college, I wasn't, the beginning years of college, I really couldn't even really talk about it. I didn't want anybody really to know about that, about me. I didn't want it to come up, and I definitely didn't want to probably talk about it with you. And because um, the Lord just still, I just, I don't think I was in a place of spiritual maturity for to know what all of that meant for me. Um, but I will tell you, in the midst of all that hard and all that bad, I know that my God was faithful because I think about, I think about the people that were on site of the accident. The woman that came to me right afterwards was it actually ended up being one of my sweet neighbors who loved me and um, wanted the best for me. It was not a random lady that came over and put her arm around me, but someone that knew me and cared about me. Um, I think about um, the couple that apparently got out and took care of, or was one of the many people I think that really took care of this little girl when the wife apparently was a nurse and the husband was um, a pastor at a local church in town. And I think about that and I think about God's provision. I think about he put these credible people around me to say, come to find out it was a complete accident. The little girl um, darted in front of my car and there was no, we don't know, there's no rhyme or reason. We don't know why she darted in front of her car, uh, my car, but that she did. And it makes sense now to me because thinking that like I wasn't, I was driving and then like, I'm telling you, like she hit like full force and then I slammed on my brakes which then threw her like there was no braking before that so like I just I can see that like how you know because of course I'm always replaying it through my head like what could I've done differently like what could have looked like but I just didn't see her like I'm ahead my eyes were we're driving forward on the road there wasn't it was not a stop sign situation like it was like I was just driving forward on Dolly Ridge Road um and so I think about also the goodness of um of the body of Christ and like the people, um, I think about like the cool kids in school that were sending me flowers that humbled themselves to send me flowers. And that just meant a lot to me in, the, in that 16 year old state that anybody would humble themselves and, um, just give a, a piece of just encouragement through flowers and just to let me know that they are thinking and praying for me. Um, I think about the calls from people, guys, like the things that we encounter here on earth, like they are not in vain. Like God wants to restore and redeem all of these things in our lives. And he uses everything that we walk through for his good. And I think about trials, even this situation that I've been able to share with other people that have been in car accidents and people that haven't been on car accidents saying, you know what, like we didn't, we didn't ask for these cards to be dealt, but they were dealt. And so we can either fight or flight. We can trust our heavenly father and know that he's going to work all things for the good, or we can be down and destroyed. And so, um, I just think about all that. And I think about the goodness of the body of believers, guys, that were praying for me. I think I know I I did have a relationship with the Lord. Obviously it was nothing of what I hoped it would be at 16. However, like I think about the body of believers that were just flooding the throne on my behalf, whether they knew me or not. I have people to this day that have come up to me and said, Hey, I prayed for you during that accident and during that time y'all. And it is so humbling to think that like, you know, like the enemy wants nothing more for us to be, um, he comes to kill, still and destroy. And the Lord comes that we have life and life to the full. And I just think that, um, I think that the, the, the enemy didn't have a hold on me because of the protection from the prayers of God's people. I believe that so wholeheartedly. And I love, I feel like God in the last couple of years too, has just risen just a love for prayer in my heart because 
there's power in prayer. Um, and I do truly think what the Lord, the enemy meant for me to be down and depressed and defeated at 16. My heavenly father carried me through, um, obviously for his glory. And it makes me think about, um, Jeremiah 29, um, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you and give a hope and a future. And so in between that time and, you know, there was sweet Robin, she's, so wonderful just like as you walk in through people through these stories but I she um made a great point about like make a timeline of your life and y'all there's so many incidents that I would love to talk to you about God's faithfulness but I'm gonna Lord willing stay on track here and talk about this but um let's fast forward to August 2007 um August 2017 yes um so my church does a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting in January and August. And the Lord so pivotally, I feel like, uses, is that the right word there? We'll roll with it if it's not. But um, uses 21 days of prayer. So real quick, I should have said this at the beginning, but right now, January, we're in actually a season of 21 days of prayer at our church. And the coolest thing is that Robin actually called me for this at the very beginning of 21 days of prayer. And I'm always so expectant at 21 days because God never fails to just reveal something amazing to me. But um, in the middle of all this and like y'all and she talks about the timeline, like I made a timeline in my life and like I got under the rocks, like the stuff that I didn't want to see, like the stuff that I didn't want to go through, walk back through. I didn't, and, and like I went under the rocks of my own life and the sin that is so apparent in my life and things I need to work on. And just God has just really used this last 21 days of prayer. And in the middle of 21 days of prayer, my pastor, his morning little segment was talking about growth. And I was like this is it, God. Like, this is, this is the season. Like, this is in the season of 21 days of prayer and through the storytellers, God, you are growing me. You're stretching me. You're making me see things that I don't want to see me that I don't want to deal with, but we're going to, and I want to walk in it. And so I just am thankful for this particular 21 days of growth. Um, and just stretching the Lord is doing in my life. But of course I'm jumping around, but fast, but from that story, fast forward to August, 2017, um, there was another, there's a 21 days of prayer in August. And, um, as, as I was preparing for this, I was looking through my journal, which I'm so thankful for my journal, just that has dates and just thoughts and prayers in it, just cause it's, it's a constant reminder to me of God's faithfulness as I flip back through my journal. It's just, I love it. And so as I, like, once again, I was just preparing for this this morning, um, I opened it up to the 21 days of prayer of August, 2017. And y'all, the first scripture that was written down was Jeremiah 33. And I will not read that to you. Y'all can look it up, but it just taught, it talks about going from destruction to restoration. Okay. So when I pulled it up, I actually pulled up on my phone and it was the NIV translation. So the name of the chapter of Jeremiah 33 was the promise of restoration. And then the ESV, which is my Bible that I use, it's the Lord promises peace. And guys like to look back on what the Lord did for me in August, 2017, it is all those things. It is the, it is, um, the rest, what is it? The promise of restoration and the Lord promises his peace. And through that season, how am I doing? Let's see. Oh, I didn't even ever start the timer. Okay. That didn't work. Right. Sorry. I tried. Okay. 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 Um, (laughs) please forgive me. All right. So, um, but that was a sweet season for me with the Lord, like to think about all he did in my life. Like I can honestly say as an adult, like I have never been so close to my heavenly father in like a great time. Like during this 2017, like, you know, I feel like during hard times, like it's real easy to get to our heavenly father. Cause like we need him, like we're desperate for him. And of course I always strive to have a relationship with the Lord, but like in August 2017, it changed. Like it's never changed before. And, um, 
I'm so grateful for that season because so many amazing things came out of that. Um, I think about that season for me and the Lord tore down just so many strongholds for me in my life. And I finally started to believe about what God said to be true in scripture that, that is true about me. Um, the, the, the truth that he has great plans for me and great purpose for me and that he has given us all gifts and talents to be able to walk out his purpose and to be able to draw others into the kingdom and, um, to bring God glory. Um, during that time, I don't know if it, I've talked to a lot of people, but I feel like during growing up for whatever reason, I don't know. I just feel like shame and guilt. I felt like growing up like my sin. Yes, it was forgiven, but I always carried it. Like I see shame and guilt, like for all the years of my life, just whatever it was, it could be something small, but I feel like behind closed doors, no matter what face I was putting on, I was, I was, I was carrying my burdens. I was carrying my own burdens. And, um, I feel like truly in 2017, God just delivered me from that. He's like, you know, halls, halls, he calls me halls. I'm sure. <laughs> um, totally. <laughs> But he says in his scripture that our sin is as far as from the east to the west, and he remembers it no more, and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So for all this, I'm letting the enemy pour all this shame and guilt on me that I, I was never designed to carry. And so I feel like that the Lord, through that, just started opening up just this abundant life that he was talking about like he has never before. Um, and through that season, obviously to tie back into this story is the Lord prompted me to call this little girl's mama. And I think about, I think about like so many years ago, like once again, if it's nearly 20, it was what, 18 years ago then. And, um, I knew, I knew I wanted to talk to her. I like, I like, I, you can't go through that and not wonder like what happened to her, what happened to the little girl and, and hear tidbits, but I don't have any, we don't have any close family connections and we don't, we didn't keep up with them anymore. So it's like, how do you, you know, you don't know. And so I always wondered, but, um, just subtly the Lord said it's time. And, um, and because of where the Lord had put me with my walk in him, I said, okay, God, let's say, I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to do this and we're going to call her. And so I got, we got her number and I kind of just hung out with it for a couple days, as you can imagine, and just prayed over it and just, um, asked the Lord just to open the door, just to go. He, Lord says he goes before us and he goes behind us. And so I was like, God, just go before me in this call. Um, knowing that no matter the way that she reciprocated, that I was walking in obedience to make this call. And so, um, the cool part of the story is, is that I call and she's amazing. I call and it's like, and I'm like, describe, how do you, how do you even begin that conversation? Like, Hey, I'm the, I'm the one that, you know, the accident, like going back through it. And that was the last thing she was going to, thought she'd hear on Thursday afternoon or whenever I called her. And, um, she was precious. Like, she was like, I'm so glad you called. She's like, there's not days that go by that I don't wonder about you. I don't think about you. Um, she says, I just didn't feel like it was my place to call. And I totally agree with her. It was my place to call. I was the one in the driver's seat. I was the older child in the situation. I feel like it was totally my place to call. Um, but the empathy, well, well, not the empathy, but our, um, she mentioned that our paths crossed for a reason, whether we like the reason or not, that our paths have crossed and that we needed to walk in that. And I totally agreed with that. She was so gracious. She wanted to hear about my family, what my family looked like, knowing that, like, without even asking about the, her little girl yet and to hear how she was, she was just so concerned about what my life looked like. And I just feel like that is just precious for her to humble herself, to be so concerned with me, knowing her circumstances did not turn out the way that she thought they would when she had that sweet baby girl, you know? 
Um, quick glimpse, a lot of y'all know about my family, but like five years ago, Jay's family went through a, a tragic car accident. His niece um, had a traumatic brain injury, a TBI. And so quickly just in that, there was days in a coma. There was day, long days at UAB Hospital, rehab, not even know if she's going to make it. And then they said if she'd make it, that she'd be lucky to lift up two fingers, all of these things. We um, went to Atlanta for rehab, um, another outpatient rehab in Atlanta, and then came back to Birmingham to do more rehab and my mother uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law basically raised um, their granddaughter so she was basically like a, a sister to Jay and so we were and my mother-in-law got um, just severely injured in that accident so she was not able to um, help a lot so long story short Jay and I and Papa my father-in-law we really kind of like we were kind of keeping it all together for a long time and of course I had a brand new baby I was taking her to UAB praise the Lord she didn't ever catch anything I was got got God's grace, but um, I, but needless to say, she had a traumatic brain injury. So, in talking to this little girl's mama, she let me know, which hindsight, I mean, she should, I should have known this, but she had a traumatic brain injury. Of course, she had a traumatic brain injury. Her whole head hit my car. Of course, she did. But not until that moment, the Lord, which that whole story of my niece is a totally miraculous story in itself. But like, just one layer to that is the fact that like God allowed me to be a part of that and to know all the hard and all the ugly and all of that, just to be able to have just a tiny bit of empathy, empathy for this woman. I do not know how she feels. I don't know. My baby girl has not had a traumatic brain injury. And so do not let me make it sound like I have any idea what she truly feels like. However, I do see that the Lord wanted me to have some source of empathy as I was talking through, um, her story with her daughter and talking about her traumatic brain injury. And I could just for just on a small scale, be able to truly know the pain that she felt. Um, and so with that said, I guess we had both agreed. She had said that she didn't know if the little girl would want to meet me. In the past, she had said she didn't want to meet me, which I didn't love that, but that's okay. But she said that I want to meet you. And I was like, okay, we'll come to find out. Um, after talking to her later on, she did tell me that she did. The, um, the little girl was willing to meet me. Well, our family got sick, and then apparently this lady traveled, so we missed each other and we, a couple of times. And so here, fast forward to when Robin has asked me, and I'm like, I haven't met her yet. Like, I can't. Like, we can't. We, we can't. I can't move forward unless I met her. And um, we actually, I lost her number for whatever reason. I don't even know. I am bad about saving numbers. But anyway, so we had to go back, dig, and find it. Actually, I had the wrong number at first. This is all while I'm, like, preparing for this. Feeling like I just got to do it. Like, I feel like I got to see her. And so um, it didn't work out. And then we, we um, the mother and I were supposed to talk again. She was sick. She's like, let me call you later. So we have missed each other. But I think what I spoke about earlier is I think that, like, I think that's going to be a whole nother level of like the Lord just coming through on my behalf just to be able to see the sweet girl in the state that she is. And it is not a hundred percent healed the way I would wish the story would come out, but I trust my, my heavenly father. And I know he has great plans for that little girl. I know he has great plans for me. Um, and so we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but, and I know God's preparing my heart for that, but, um, in this moment, this story doesn't change. Like God's faithfulness and his um, his love for me throughout all of this and the fact that he was constant through this entire storm. Um, whether I knew, and obviously at that 16 years of age, like the, the amount of impact this would have on my life. Um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God's given me a platform to be able to talk about his faithfulness. I can't say that 
I don't know if I'd do this again if I'm being real honest with you, but I am thankful that the Lord is using this, what I pray for his glory. Um, I just want to share a couple of verses with y'all. It says, when, I, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 43, 2. In Lamentations 3, 22, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In Zephaniah, it says, the Lord, your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you singing. In Romans, actually, the cards that you'll be passed out at the end have Romans 8.28 on it. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, have been called according to his purpose. And I love that. I use that so many times in my life. And this is such, that's such a verse that is so um, revelant. He, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant. Thank you. Revelant. <laughs> Wait, what? Relevant. Relevant in this situation. <laughs> Because he is. He's always working no matter how dark it gets. God um, God is going to work all things for the good of those who love him. Um, so I just kind of wrote down my little closing, um, just little thing, just because I was afraid I'd botch it or wouldn't close this out. So I just want to tell you all that in this moment, I stand here declaring what the enemy meant for harm, God used for good. God is always faithful in all of our circumstances, in the peaks and in the valleys. And I truly believe God used this tragic accident in my life to set the foundation of faith in my heart. He knew this accident would act as a reminder in my life to always trust him no matter what comes my way. I'm praying that my story can offer someone some form of encouragement. And most importantly, I pray that God was glorified here today. Um, can we pray? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, God. You're a good, good father, dear Lord. And I just thank you what you did on the cross for us, dear Heavenly Father, God. I pray, Lord, that there, if there is anybody within the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, dear Heavenly Father, God. I pray that they would know that all they have to do, God, is confess that you're Lord. Ask for forgiveness of their sins, dear Lord. Ask you to come and live and dwell in their heart, dear Heavenly Father, God. And by faith, they will be saved, dear Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that, um, that yes, that somebody is encouraged here today, dear Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would all walk out the purpose that he has, that you have for our lives, Lord. And that is to tell people about Jesus, dear Heavenly Father, God. You've given us each a different set of gifts and talents, dear Heavenly Father, God. is our job in the body of Christ, Lord, to draw people into you, dear Lord. And I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are good and you are faithful and you are the hope that we have, Lord, knowing that this is not our home, dear Heavenly Father, but you have a home waiting for us in heaven, God. I thank you. You're a good, good Father, and you're holding your precious name. Pray. Amen. Amen. Anyways, though, thanks, God. Y'all are awesome. I'm so thankful for y'all. Thank you. can't even imagine going through a trial like that as a teenager when you're already emotional and sometimes insecure and trying to find your way and find your identity. You know, we live in a broken and fallen and sinful world. And so we are going to experience hardship. And sometimes people question, why can't God just intervene? Why would a good God let something bad happen? But the reality is that if God were to intervene every moment and keep anything from happening, we would essentially be puppets on strings. And God's story, his, his whole big story that's told throughout the Bible is a story ultimately of love and redemption. And the nature of love is that there's a choice involved and there's free will. And so if he were to just manage us, 
um, and control everything himself, then there would never be this rich relationship that we do experience with him. We would never depend on him. We would never need him. So yes, circumstances can be hard, but he weaves everything together for a higher good and a larger purpose. And then that's where faith comes in, learning to trust the God that we love and serve. Hearing people's stories and testimonies of God's faithfulness helps us remember who He is and what He can accomplish. So we hope that you'll continue to join us every Tuesday when we post a new episode for Storytellers Live. As always, you can go to our website, storytellerslive.org, for more information or to contact us. We're grateful for you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.